Greetings and salutations to everybody out there on Kofefe. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. I'm very happy to be back behind the microphone once again. I apologize for missing last weekend, but it's an incredible story what happened. I had an explosive interview with Teddy Renner last weekend. We had we had a Google Hangouts and and we talked different things. We talked about his favorite Tinder dates. He talks about people he hates on the IGF tour. We even talked about why he could care less about scoring a pawn on a throw in his matches. We talked about so many different things, and then the come to find out is that the file got corrupted. On Google Hangouts. So then I figured, you know what? I'm going to take a look at my backup recording that I use for my recording software. And I forgot to press record. So I was fuming mad. And I just decided to hell with it. And I'm not going to have a podcast. So turns out I, I was very upset about it. And I decided to go over to Clearwater Beach with, with some friends and family. And decided to have a good time instead. Can you blame me? I mean, I had a te- uh, I had an interview with Teddy Renner, and it just fell to pieces. So sorry, guys. It was an incredible interview. He talked all sorts of things and just just flubbed. I, I didn't even know he spoke English, but how about that? I'd like to apologize in advance for the audio quality of this particular podcast. Because I'm in a new home, I'm trying to figure out the best way to set up the acoustics in the room. And guys, look. I've said this before, but I'm I'm really an amateur. I'm learning on the fly, and this room is just not as good as the room that I used to record in. So if you hear some kind of a trailing echo, it's it's I'm working on it. I I don't know how I need to set up this room properly in order to get better acoustics, but how it is currently is just not working for me. So I, maybe. Maybe I need to put some some clothing around my microphone or something to dampen the noise because this is just this is really unacceptable by my standards. But I'm trying to I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'll try and clean up the audio as much as I can. But this is just for at least this podcast and you know maybe maybe in the next one uh, this is what you're just gonna have to deal with with me. So again, I apologize. Don't hate me for it. I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. I'm no expert. So regardless of all that, how you doing? It's been a while. Hopefully you guys had a good weekend last weekend. I know for us U.S. Americans, we had Memorial Day, which is typically a day that people get together to, you know, not only honor those who served our country, but uh, uh, it's a it's it's the unofficial start of summer in the United States. So most everybody gets a three day weekend. And usually people get together with with friends and family and and have a good time, you know, whether it's playing, you know, pin the tail and the donkey or or some other type of silly type of family game, horseshoes, barbecue, uh, going to the beach is what I did. I had a lot of fun. I went, like I said before, I went to Clearwater Beach, did some body surfing. The water was about 80 degrees. It was perfect because, you know, you know how it is for for us men when we get into cold water in the ocean, you know, you know that deal. I don't need to go into details, but when in the, in the Gulf of Mexico right about now, the transition is seamless. You know, I don't, I don't have to step into the water. And then once I get, uh, you know, a little bit below waist high, you know, most of the time it's like, oh, 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 oh. but, but instead it was just like, ah, oh, this is nice. So like getting into bath water. So now of course in Florida, 
when the water's warm, there's a little bit more of a risk. I mean, a teeny risk, but there's always sharks out there. There's stingrays, so I have to be cognizant of, uh, of you know, uh, not disturbing the aquamarine life or you know wildlife out there because it gets a, it's a hazardous place to beach especially if you're in warmer weather climates over now now next weekend i'm going over to the east coast which there's definitely a lot more sharks it's uh happens at the beach i happen to be going to is one of those areas considered the uh shark capital of the world and that's no joke they're they're out there by by the hundreds and uh, so we always have to be careful out there. You don't want to go in there, you know, with an open wound or anything because those sharks can smell blood from from a great distance away. So I don't want to antagonize them. So we always got to be safe in Florida. Shark attacks are extremely rare. I know they happen in Australia, but I think shark bites happen more in uh, in Florida, especially over in the East Coast beaches around uh Satellite Beach and, and Sebastian Inlet. It's it's a it's literally a breeding ground for sharks. So, but I'm looking forward to that weekend. I'm going to be staying over there a couple of nights, and um, I'll be sure to have a podcast. As a matter of fact, I'll announce it now. I am looking to have a guest interview for the Judo Chop Suey podcast next weekend. My guest is going to be a Mr. Christopher Round. I'm sure some of you out there have heard of him. Uh, he's a he's a Sandan uh, uh, from from Jimmy Pedro, and he's well known in the judo community. As far as I'm concerned, he's well known. He's he's he has this book project um, on a website called Medium.com. It's it's more of like an evolving book. It's it's a book that's that he's writing on in on the not on the fly, but it's a book that he's. He's releasing once a week, a, a chapter once a week, and it's a very intriguing story. So I'm going to have him on as a guest, and we're going to talk about um, not only his story, but but his experiences in judo and, and his opinions on about judo in the United States. He's uh, very much involved in the environment, from what I can tell from his biography, and he, he's he's quite an interesting fellow. I mean, he's just... just uh, well-traveled fellow and and I can't wait to have him on the podcast. So, and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story because it's a, it's a very intriguing one. It's, I'll give you the top level view. His story that he's releasing on medium is about the challenges of trying to make the Olympic team because he was an, he was an elite athlete in the United States trying to make the Olympic team, but, but really discovering a lot more about himself during that process. So I'm I'm really excited about this interview, and uh, I'll have that for you next weekend. And by the time you guys listen to it, I'll be on a beach on the East Coast. Hopefully, there'll be waves, and I'll be doing some surfing. So, there's some Judah-related news that I want to get to. I'll be talking about the Kattenberg Grand Slam. I know that's a few weeks away, or a, a few weeks in the past, anyway. And the Cancun Grand Slam or Grand Prix is coming up in a few weeks in Cancun, Mexico. There's a little bit of uh, some news related to specific to USA Judo that I like to share with you guys. Um, but as always, I like to get uh, to some housekeeping items and, you know, housekeeping. Well, you, you know, it's not really housekeeping items, but I like to talk to you guys and let you guys know what else is going on and things that I like to discuss that are outside of Judo. So I, I call, put that in the housekeeping segment. It's not really housekeeping because I'm not tidying up my house. I've done enough of that over the past couple of weeks since I've moved into this palatial estate that I got here. But um, what are you guys watching on Netflix? 
You guys watching anything good? Because I finally, after a year, two of my favorite shows have come back on to Netflix, and I already binge watched through one of them. You guys ever watch Bloodline? It's it's a it's an incredible show. It's so Bloodline is the show about the, this family out in in uh, uh, Isla Morada in Florida, which is a small part of the Florida Keys, probably about halfway through, and it's a it's a fantastic story there. Their tagline for this entire series is, we're not bad people, but we did a bad thing. Now, I just finished watching season three, and I can wrap it up as, we're not a bad television show, but we had a bad ending. And this show is awesome, and I highly suggest that you guys watch it, but man, the ending was a dud. And it's because there's a lot of reasons they they intended to write this show for for about four or five seasons, but they were only given three seasons because of some laws related to Florida taxation and and tax credits related to uh, production companies filming movies and stuff. Any here, any but anyway, it's the first six or seven episodes of season three were fantastic, and then it just like fell off a cliff, and, and it was obvious that it, that this show was being rushed toward toward a conclusion. So. If you guys watch it, it's still worth watching. It's it's still excellent television, but I'm telling you in advance, do not watch episode 9. It sucks. It's a, it's literally the worst or one of the worst episodes of a television show that I had a vested interest in that I've ever watched. I think my favorite show of all time, Breaking Bad, had one of those type of episodes that I could not stand. It was this episode where Walter White was in in, in his meth lab and he's dealing with trying to find this fly in his meth lab. I really hated that episode. I know it was critically acclaimed by a lot of people, but I hated that episode personally. So Bloodline, excellent show. You'll be captivated. And you, you for you guys outside of Florida, which is most of you, I think the show does a great job showing what life in the Keys is really like for for the people who are rich and the people who are either poor or without it's it's they really cast it to show well and i highly recommend you guys watch it and my other show that came back which i'm so happy i'm i'm tearing through it right now well not literally right now but house of cards if you have never watched house of cards stop what you're doing stop this podcast and start watching house of cards and and don't stop watching until until you're done with the season uh, and then you can come back listening to this podcast. It's a fantastic show about American politics featuring Kevin Spacey playing a uh, a majority whip in the Senate uh, by by the name of Frank Underwood. And, and I'm not going to give away the rest of the story, but it's a brilliantly written show. It's a brilliantly cast show. And, and it's just it's it's great drama and it and it has a lot of funny parts because in in this show Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood breaks the fourth wall and he he speaks to the audience as you're watching and it's just it's really well done how how they do it there's just some funny moments some really really incredible moments and some shocking moments in this show one of the best shows on Netflix it's on it's currently season 5 I've gotten through the first two episodes and I think I got through the first I think I fell asleep through episode three yesterday I might my head hit the wall as I'm sitting in bed and I was like okay I'm done I'm turning off turning it off so 
All right, uh, enough about what I'm watching on TV. I want to get back to more Judah-related stuff. But first of all, I would like to wish a happy, a very happy belated birthday to Hans Von Essen of JudoInside.com. Now, Hans, I don't have a birthday gift for you in the form of a physical gift, but I'd like to do something special. I would like to sing you happy birthday in Marilyn Monroe's voice. I bet nobody has ever done that for you. So here it goes, Hans. Happy birthday to you. All right, how was that? Was that was that a good Marilyn Monroe voice? I think I just lost a couple of listeners. I'm sorry, guys, but I... I, I Wanted to do something special for Hans because he's been a friend of the show and a friend of mine. And he's, he's a wonderful human being bring, bringing you judo news and, and updates on his site that you must visit, judoinside.com. He's, he, it's, he does a great job with different uh, news that's happening, big news that's happening on the IGF tour. And just wanted to get that out there. And another birthday over the past couple of days, I believe it was June 1st. It was June 1st. Happy birthday to Yasuhiro Yamashita. Mr. Yamashita turned 60 years old just a few days ago. And if you guys don't know who he is, just go on Google and find out because he is, by many people's description, judo incarnate. The physical representation of what judo is. And he's just one of the greatest of all time. There's, there's no question about it. He won the gold medal in 1984. He's multiple world champion, I believe, four times in a row. He's won the All Japan uh, <laughs> a, a ridiculous amount of times. I, I think it's 11 years. Don't shoot me if I got that wrong. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Regardless, in terms of sport judo, he is one of the greatest of all time. I know Teddy Renier has won the world championships eight years in a row, but Mr. Yamashita had was competing during a time where the world championships ha- happened every other year. So who knows how many he would have won had the world championships been every year. And come to find out, he also shares a birthday with one of my favorite actors of all time, Morgan Freeman. You guys, uh, if you guys have never watched the Shawshank Redemption, you you gotta watch it. You know where Morgan Freeman and his friend Andy Dufresne. Hey, that uh, that Morgan Freeman impersonation wasn't all that bad. Let me let me let me try a little bit more here. I I love Morgan Freeman. Let's see, Andy Dufresne. You see, all Andy crawled through freedom through five hundred miles of shit smelling foulness. I can't even imagine, or maybe. I just don't want to. 500 miles. That's the length of five football fields. Just shy of half a mile. And boy, does that shit stink. Matter of fact, I just made a bowel movement inside my pants. Ah. I'd like to get on with the rest of this podcast. Alright, enough of that. Enough of that. Alright. I would like to get on with the rest of this podcast, but first, it's time for my favorite segment. What time is it? Listener reaction. This segment of the Judo Chop Suey podcast is brought to you by the Nick and Sai show on YouTube. Now, for those you don't know, Nick and Sai has been one of my favorite YouTube channels to watch over the past several years. 
And I'm not saying that just because they're sponsoring the show. No, sir. Nick and Cy Collier have been creating judo videos, Brazilian jiu-jitsu videos, self-defense type videos, and stunt videos for a number of years now. They've also compete nationally in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and they do quite well if you take a look at their videos online. They, they, they seem to win a lot, that's for sure. They seem very well trained as well. It's a very entertaining channel. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the John Wick movies, Nick and Sai are sponsored by 8711 Action Design Studios, which is the production company that brought, to you, that brought you to John Wick movies. So do yourself a favor. Go to www.youtube.com forward slash Nick and Cy and check out their channel. I'm sure you'll love it. Check them out and while you're at it, go ahead and check out my channel. Just search on Judo Chop Suey. Anyway, it's time for email. Except, I didn't get any. Very surprising. Uh well, screw it, guys. I'm ending the podcast right now. I'd like to thank you for checking out the podcast. I'd like to thank you for not emailing me, not talking to me. Sai, get me the hell out of here with Gangnam Style. I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, Sai, shut up. Stop the music. All right, moving along to some judo news. If you guys are in the United States, you will be very happy to know that. USA Judo is now allowing for background checks via a link on their website. So if you want to get some coaching certification over this next year, the previous process is that you had to print out this form, send the check to USA Judo, and and then they would send that information to a background check or something along those lines. Well, that is no longer the case anymore. And it it it's just speaks to... Another good thing that USA Judo that uh, is doing that they should have been doing years ago. So I'm very, very pleased to announce that USA Judo is allowing online background checks. And I submitted my check uh, a couple of days ago or my information a couple of days ago. And I've already come back. Um, uh, my, my background screening has already come back. It's all good. So now I'll be able to go to Fort Lauderdale in in about a month or so to go to that coaching clinic so I can be certified at a state level. And I really can't wait for that because I'm hoping to run run into some of you listeners out there. I'm hoping to run into uh, Serge Bouillas. So I know he's making the trip. I don't know what day he's making that trip, but but hopefully I'll get to see him and and meet him face to face. And maybe some of you, if you see me, uh, feel free to come up to me and introduce yourselves. I'd love to to meet you. Just, Just keep in mind that I hate to say it, but who I am behind the microphone, I'm probably a lot uh, more low key in person. So, so I guess what I'm saying is that I'm in real life. I'm actually a little more introverted than I come across on the microphone, or than I come across, you know, amongst friends or or at my judo club. Judo, you know, people talk about the positive things that judo has done for them. For me. Throughout my entire life, I've been a very introverted person, and judo has made me a far more extroverted person, a far more confident person in my professional career, in my personal life, in my love life. Uh, Did I say that out loud? I guess I did. But it's all true. 
I'm I'm very I'm very more personable because of judo. That's that's been the impact in my life personally. And and look guys, you know, I didn't get an email this week, but if you want to share with me how judo has influenced your life and how how it has impacted your life, I'd love to hear from you and you know, I could share your story anonymously because I I think judo is great in that regard that it it brings out the best in people. It can also bring out the worst in people. But in my experience, it brings out the best in people. And judo for sure has brought out the best in me. And, you know, I must say, I I always say it every opportunity I can get. My wife has also brought out the very best in me as well. So between her and between judo with my family... I uh, things have never been better, but but judo is a huge huge part of that, and I'm glad to be able to share my enthusiasm for judo uh, for judo behind this microphone. So, all that being said, if you want to get your coaching certification, you can at least get part of that process done online now um, by getting your background check done. I'm looking forward to the day where. Renews and and courses can be taken online along with that background check. So I'd love to see one day where you do your online background check, you pay your fee to take the coaching course, and you sit through a, a, a two hour online seminar. Because I'm gonna have to drive almost 300 miles to get to Fort Lauderdale, and that's not going to be a pleasant trip for me. I gotta go I-75 South to I-75. East, which is called Alligator Alley, it, it goes right by the uh, Florida Everglades. Not that I'm going to see anything cool. Maybe I'll see an alligator on the side of the road. That's about it. Uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to avoid hitting it because um, it's that time of year in Florida where alligators are, are crawling all over the roads and it can cause really bad accidents. So um, so there's that. And and coming out of USA Judo as well is some pretty cool news. Um I read this article a couple of days ago that USA Judo will be matching funds up to $5,000 for all donations made in the month of June for the athletes, coaches, and team manager going to the 2017 World University Games. So kudos to USA Judo for doing that. Again, this is the kind of stuff that the membership wants to see. And I'm going to provide a link to... Um, to the uh, donation site if you want to make a, jo- a donation to the athletes going to the 2017 World University Games. So, again, great job. This is the kind of stuff I've been dying to see for years. Um, at least make a little bit more of an effort to be out there more. I saw this bit of news on USA Judo's Twitter feed. And I happened to be browsing the USA Judo website when I saw the article for offering background checks via link on their website. Great, great stuff coming out of USA Judo. And after talk, talking with Serge Bouyasso a few weeks ago in that interview, if you have not listened to that interview, I strongly suggest you listen to it. it it's, I, I thought uh, he came across really well, and he's a good guy. He's definitely a good guy, one of, one of the good guys out there for sure. I'd also like to make an announcement. I received an email from somebody a, a couple of weeks ago, not this week, but a couple of weeks ago, asking me to promote the greatest judo camp on earth, which is taking place at the Socrates Academy in Matthews, North Carolina, um, or as in, uh, or as uh, Billy the Kid say, would say in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, he'd go, Socrates, if you guys have never seen uh, Bill and Ted's must-see movie. Anyway, um, 
This judo camp has been going on for for a number of years now, and they're going to be having a couple of uh, high-level USA Judo athletes attending the camp and giving clinics. There's also going to be a kata clinic there. It's um, it's a camp that I've never been to. I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but it's a camp that I've known about for many, many years, and it's it usually generates a pretty big turnout. I know a lot of I know a lot of people have to travel. It's not just a, a camp specific to North Carolina, uh, but I would love to see this kind of stuff happen more and more. So maybe you have a greatest judo camp on earth happening in Florida or happening in Massachusetts or happening in Idaho. I think it would be cool that if we could have uh, maybe the state governing bodies have this kind of thing so that people can get access to getting to judo camps you know, maybe a, a camp of that magnitude once a year because I, I don't see enough camps happening uh, throughout the United States and certainly in my state, I don't see enough camps happening. Or if they are happening, the state governing bodies are not making, um, are not communicating that well enough to their, to their membership. And that's not, that's not a slight on anybody. I'm just saying, and I know g- putting these camps together are very difficult, but it would be great to have state-run camps that anybody throughout the uh, company, anybody throughout the country uh, are are invited to come to. But, you know, these these camps happen maybe, I don't know, once a month or once, not once a month, but maybe once a year in a particular state. You know, let's say, um, oh, uh, by the way, this camp is happening June 22nd to June 24th this year. So, the camp's a couple of weeks away. I'll provide a link uh, to the site th- where you can get all of the greatest judo camp on earth information and ho- recommended hotels, travel arrangements. And you can see who the special guests of this camp are going to be there. I know Colton Brown is one of the elite athletes for USA Judo, and he's going to be there. So that should be great for a lot of the, the kids and adults who choose to go there. So just wanted to get that news out there for you guys. The Ekaterinburg Grand Slam took place a couple of weeks ago in the city of Ekaterinburg, which is in Russia. In America, we watch the athletes. In Soviet Russia, athletes watch you. Uh, all right, that joke sucked. Anyway, yeah, uh, Ekaterinburg Grand Slam. Very good tournament. I I saw that France and Russia did make an appearance. I'm sorry, not France and Russia. France and Japan did make an appearance this time around. They've been absent in some of the other major IJF tournaments that have gone on the past uh, couple of months. But it's good to see them back in action. Now, all that being said, there were a couple of notable names that did not show up for this tournament. Uh, the biggest one being Teddy Renner did not compete due to a leg injury. Japan did not send anybody in their over 100 kilo division to compete this time around. And, and as a whole, uh, the Japanese did not send a very large group. But there was some representation in Japan from Japan, and I'll get to that momentarily. Hifumi Abe did not show up, uh, Tushishvili, uh, and Michael Corell did not show up. Majlinda Kelmendi, who I happen to think is the best judoka in the world. I know that's a little bit of a controversial statement to some, but that's what I think. She was not present at this tournament. So I'd like to get to some of the matches that I liked. And as usual, 
I don't watch every single match from these tournaments. I only really paid attention to the medal rounds and a few other contests. So those are the ones that I'm going to highlight. Uh, And please understand that, you know, if I don't mention a particular fight, it doesn't mean that I don't care. If if I missed a fight that had an incredibly pawn or, or some great action and strategy that I don't mention, it doesn't mean that I thought it sucked. It probably just means I didn't even see it because I, I just I just can't watch six hours of judo uh, over the course of a weekend. It's it's not possible for me. I have to break it down to the kind of matches that interest me. So moving along in the under sixty kilo division, Ryuju Nagayama of Japan won his division defeating. Amiran Papinashvili by a score of three yuko to none, but in my opinion, I thought Nagiyama was robbed of a pawn on his first throw. He launched he he launched Papinashvili uh, with Uchimada. It was it was really an incredible throw and and apparently not Ipon worthy uh, according to the referee. The other two throws for Wazari were correctly called in my opinion, but uh, you guys, I, I'll link these matches in the show description. Uh, feel free to watch the match and let me know if you guys thought that he was robbed of a pawn on his first throw. I I think he was, but I, I guess technically speaking, he landed a little bit more on his side than on his back. But it was a thing of beauty, and this match is definitely worth watching. Uh, one of the bronze medal matches ended in a pawn very quickly with Oguzov of Russia being the winner over Garagos of Spain. It was one of those situations where Garagos was thrown. He kind of landed on his knees and was trying to get back up. And then Orguzov of Russia just followed up with another attack and landed him flat on his back. Must see TV for sure because this contest was only about 12 seconds before the outcome was decided. Another match in the under 60 kilo division that stood out to me that I watched was the semifinal between Nagayama again defeating Karakizidi of Russia with a beautiful Sore Surikomigoshi. I, he, really, he really outclassed them here. Uh, Kara Kizidi is currently ranked number 55 in the world and Nagiyama is ranked uh, number 5. Uh, he definitely had a good day getting into the semifinal, but it was clear seeing what happens when the 55th ranked judoka faces the number 5th ranked judoka in the division. I mean, it was just a, a, a thorough domination in my opinion. Not taking anything away from from the losing athlete here, but uh, but it just goes to show you how far that gap really is or how big that gap really is. In the under 66 kilo di- division, Abdullah Abdulzaliov of Russia was awarded the victory over Charles Chibana of Brazil in the under 66 kilo because uh, Chibana used his head to get out of a throw. I mean, come on, guys. You, you know you can't do that. The refs, look, the, the referees are so good at this level that you're just not going to get away with it. I, I mean, I, in, I don't know if you've noticed over the past couple of uh, tournament reviews that I've done, I, I got to hand it to the refs. Unlike some of the bad calls I see in the NBA, especially in the NBA or, or in NFL f- American football for you guys out of, this, out of the United States, um, refs, we're used to seeing refs get calls wrong a lot. But I tell you what, at, at the IGF level, they, they are right. Um, they're right on, I would say, I mean, if I were to guess, maybe 95% or higher of all calls that they make are correct. So I got to hand it to the refs. They, you're not going to get away with using your head to get out of throws. It's, just, it's, it's an automatic call. It's automatic disqualification. 
Um, now, uh, one of the other bronze medal matches that caught my attention that I enjoyed watching in this division ended in a similar way as the bronze medal match in the under 60 kilo division with Minku of Belarus defeating Dovdan of Mongolia, where the follow up attack on a failed attack awarded him an Ipon. And I, I would have called the Wazari. Um, in fact, I, I, I honestly, I was just saying how good the refs are. I think this was one of the the poorer calls of the year. I, I, I just didn't think it was any pawn worthy throw, but, but you know, the refs, you, you know, I'm sure they get better over the course of the year. And, you know, I'm not trying to be harsh on the refs. I, I thought that was one that they missed. Um, and, and again, I said it before being a ref is a very difficult and very thankless job. In the under 73 kilo division, Soichi Hashimoto of Japan defeated Marcelo Contini of Brazil in a beautiful display of continuing the attack with action, reaction, and finishing with a Sode Surikomi Goshi. I thought Contini could have been called for a Hansokumaki with landing on the head. It was one of those situations where it was close, and maybe in this situation the ref used the discretion since Contini planted his hand first before landing on his head, but but uh, it was this was a very very uh, fantastic display at judo the must see TV here, and in this division as well there were two bronze medal matches. Um, were very lively with Axis of France defeating Mar Margeladon of Canada with Osai Komiwaza after earning a Wazari on a counter, and his fellow countryman Pierre Duprat defeated Van Westende of the Netherlands with Osai Komi as well. Moving on to the under 81 kilo division, uh, one of my favorites to watch, Kazan Kalmozaev of Russia defeated Attila Ungbari of Hungary. Now, both of these gentlemen are in the top five with uh, Kalmozaev uh, being the gold medal winner in Rio, uh, defeating Ungbari with Uchimada. Uh, the crowd loved it for obvious reasons since they were in uh, Mother Russia. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, another uh, another really good bronze medal match in this division was uh, was between Rekviashvili of Georgia defeating DeWitt of the Netherlands. Rekviashvili, who is currently ranked number 11, seemed to thoroughly control DeWitt, who is currently ranked number 2. DeWitt was thrown with uh, the Carabarelli or Hanegoshi, whatever you want to call that throw, that's not recognized by the Kodakon. But it was a throw that landed him on his back. It was awesome. And it's definitely must-see TV. And I was very, very impressed with uh, Rekviashvili's performance uh, in this particular contest. Now, in the under-90-kilogram under division, there was a heck of a battle between Christian Toth of Hungary losing to Kenta Nagasawa of Japan via Osai Komiwaza and Golden Score. Uh, this was a really interesting match to me because both of these men really gave it all that they had, uh, especially Toth. I, I'm not suggesting everybody else doesn't give it all they had, but but just one of those grueling matches uh, that I don't see too very often, or or maybe I just don't watch enough of those matches. But uh, but regardless of that, I, I think Toth should be very pleased with his performance against Naga, Nagasawa. But uh, yeah, long match, went into golden score, and, and he was just exhausted right at the end. In the under 100 kilo division, Miklos Sergenics of Hungary defeated uh, uh, Niaz Ilyasov of Russia with Juji Katami after Ilyasov escaped with by Osai Komi, uh, escaped the Osai Komi Waza. Um, it was it was a really cool escape where he rolled you, you know he, he did a back roll and I was like uh, 
I was thinking to myself, yes, 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 yes. Oh no, he just he just did a back roll and and got caught with a Juji Katami, which was uh, you know, excellent, um, excellent technique by Sir, on Sergenic's part. I uh, caught him with that uh, Juji Katami. I I, fe- I thought maybe the rolling out, he thought he might have been able to escape that, but no, he got caught. Um, nice match there. If I didn't say it, that was for that was for the gold medal. And in a, in the bronze medal match, a big win for Austria uh, with uh, Bowler of Austria defeating Burl Davko of Latvia with Uranagi. Spectacular finish in this contest. Well worth watching if uh, if you have a chance to do that. It was just huge Uranagi right off his feet, right onto his back. Huge pawn. And in the let's go moving on to the over 100 kilo division. David Mora of Brazil was awarded the victory over Matishvili of Georgia because Matishvili ha- uh, used his head to escape a, a forward throw. He and he knew it right away when it happened. It almost looked accidental, but unfortunately, you know whether it's an accident or on purpose, you're going to get called for that every single time. Um, and Mora had a very impressive victory earlier in the day against Bataluga of Mongolia with a huge uchimata for Ipon. That's definitely a, a must-see TV for sure. Moving on to the women's side, you have Amy Kondo of Japan defeating uh, Gilazova of Russia for the gold medal. And this was a very lively match in the under 48 kilo. Kondo threw, threw Gilazova on what looked to be Ashigurumi for Wazari and then finished the contest with Osaikomi for the Ipon. Must see TV for these two ladies. Congratulations to Kondo. And uh, going on in the bronze medal match in this division, uh, you had Clementa France defeating, uh, defeating uh, Perisidskaya of Russia with a beautiful Osotogari. Must see TV. And as I mentioned before, I'll link the matches that I talked about. Uh, all of these matches in the description. In the under 52 kilo division, you had Erica Miranda of Brazil earning the gold over Kuznetsova of Russia with two Wazaris to one advantage. And, you know, I, as I'm watching this match, I chuckle a little bit in, in this contest because uh, Erica Miranda did a key eye on her last Wazari score to really sell the counter here. And you guys got to see this because you, my first judo sensei used to tell us the ki on every single throw because it makes the look makes a throw look a lot more impressive even if it wasn't impressive and and honestly I don't think Miranda did anything on this particular counter other than ki cuz I didn't think it was worth a wazari but the ki sold it for the ref and it put her ahead two wazari to one and and that led to her victory um in one of the other bronze medal matches in this division Bouchard of France defeated uh, Guica of Canada with a beautiful Dayashi Barai. Uh, you gotta watch this. This is like best match ever, or almost, or pretty close to it. Textbook movement, textbook attack, and textbook book finish. Gotta see it. I'll link it, like I said, in the description. And in the other bronze medal match, I thought uh, Kuziutina of Russia was robbed on her first Wazari score, and then she threw Gili Cohen of Israel, or when she threw Gili Cohen of Israel. Uh, Kuzi Utina eventually got Cohen into Osai Komi where she was able to secure an impressive victory. Uh, feel free to tell me whether or not you thought she was robbed on that on her first Wazari because I, I really thought that she was. Moving on to the under 63 kilo division, you had Mar- Martina Trajdos of Germany defeating er- 
Ekaterina of, of Valkova of Russia with Osai Komi for the gold medal. Um, I'm a little surprised uh, Trajdos did not get a score when they both ended up on the ground the first time around. Uh, uh, Trajdos was very fortunate to get away with not having her knee ripped apart around the 230 mark into the match. I mean, it it really looked gruesome. I, I mean, it goes to show you youth goes a long way uh, with being able to withstand injury. Because if it was me, my knee was twisted like that, I'd be in traction in a hospital for weeks. Um, big win for Amy Livesey of Great Britain. God save the queen! Defeating Davidova of Russia. She managed to earn a Wazari early on in the contest and that and, and she was able to hold on to it to the very end, not giving up any ground. Good job for her. And I got to say, you know, I, I look out for Great Britain. They happen to be the second largest listening audience I have for this esteemed podcast outside of the United States. So, so cheers to you, Great Britain, which that leads me to look, by the way. My thoughts and my sympathies are with the people of England after having to deal with two attacks within the past two weeks. And look, guys, I, I'm not going to get political here, but I'll just leave it at this. As far as I'm concerned, anybody, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, whatever, anybody who has a worldview where murder, the murder of innocent bystanders is an acceptable response for whatever is bothering you needs to be dealt with swiftly and severely. You know, I know a lot of people lost a, uh, uh, loved ones in these attacks, and I really hope none of my listeners lost a friend, an acquaintance, or family member. I, I could say a lot more, but I'm going to leave it at that. My sympathies and my thoughts are with the people of England after these two unspeakable attacks. Now, moving on uh, into the seventy kilo, under 70 kilo division, you had San Van Dyke of the Netherlands defeating Elena uh, Prokopenko of Russia via Osaikomi for the gold. She had a huge Dayashi, uh, uh, and it looked like she was going for the Tani Otoshi, but she got a really nice sweep. And, and, and kudos to the ref for getting the call right on this one because I thought the angle that he was standing at, he would, it would not have shocked me if he called any pawn. But he got, he got the call right. Um, and that throw was enough uh, to, to get her uh, into the pin for the win. That was an unintentional rhyme. And in the under 70 kilo bronze medal match, at least one of the bronze medal matches, you had uh, Bernholm of Sweden with a nice Juji Katami victory over Samardzik of Bosnia and Her- Herzegovina. Um, very nice win there. Very, very technical win. Moving on to the under 78 kilo division, Mami Ukemi of Japan defeated Natalie Powell of Great Britain via Ude Garami for the gold. Haven't seen that one in a while. It, I, I don't think I've seen that all year, uh, an Ude Garami win. Uh, nice win by Ukemi. And, and uh, again, Great Britain. Uh, kudos to Powell for earning silver. Uh, Great Britain had a very good day today or back in a couple weeks ago in, in Russia. And the bronze medal match, you had a huge pawn by Jew of Hungary uh, with an Uchimata defeating uh, Stevenson of the Netherlands for bronze. And, and in the other bronze medal match, a huge pawn by Wagner of Germany to defeat uh, Shemeleva of Russia. And this was the first time in a very long time where I saw an Osotogari to Osotogari counter. I, quite frankly, I don't think I've ever actually seen that. I've I've been taught it, but I've not seen it at the highest levels. Um, 
Yes, and I know one could argue that it was actually Harai Goshi that earned her the Ippon win, but um, they'd probably be right. But either way, it was a great match. And last but not least, the over 78 kilo division had Sarah Asahina of Japan, Japan defeating Jasmine Quelbs of Germany for gold. I'm sorry if I got that name wrong. Somebody's texting me. Asahina recently won the All Japan and she continued her winning ways by getting Uchimata for a Wazari and writing that score for a victory. All right, that's my rundown of the Akatra and Berg Grand Slam. If you guys uh, watched the entire thing, kudos to you. You've got a lot more time on your hands than I do. So I could not, uh, I couldn't watch every single match. I'm sure I, I missed a lot of great matches. I just wanted to highlight some of the big, I wanted to highlight all the big winners of the day and, and some of the matches that really caught my eye. It doesn't mean that if they won by one Wazari to none, that it didn't matter. They all matter. So congratulations to all of the winners uh, and medal winners of this particular tournament. The next stop for the IJF World Tour is going to be in Cancun, Mexico. Now, I've actually been to Cancun. It's a lot of nice places. There's some not-so-nice places. So I have no idea who's going to be showing up at this particular tournament. I don't know if a lot of, of the other countries tend to skip this tournament since it's on my side of the world instead of uh, over on the other side of the world. So... Not sure who's going to show up, but I'm looking forward to seeing that event. And of course, I'll review it in the best way that I can, which is at a high level and taking a look at uh, some of the key winners and key matches of that particular event. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see how that particular tournament goes and and whether or not there'll be a stronger uh, representation from the United States in that particular tournament. I don't know. I follow some of the U.S. athletes on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. And I know I, I see a lot of them preparing for, you know, pre- preparing for, you know, uh, at the Olympic training sites and such. I got to believe some of them will be at this particular tournament, but I, I don't know just yet. If you want to reach out to me on this hideous podcast, you can tweet at me at, at LaVita Judoka. You can find out, I'm sorry, you can search for me on Facebook, searching on the Judo Chop Suey podcast, or you can email me at show at gmail.com. I love hearing from the listeners. Like I always say, it's my favorite segment of the Judo Chop Suey podcast, and I didn't get an email this time, so drop me a line, say hello, make me feel good about myself. I'm kidding. I feel fine about myself, but I love hearing from you guys. It, it really makes my day. Uh, no matter what you have to say, you think I suck, you think I'm doing a good job, you think I'm handsome, it doesn't matter. Just, you, just, just reach out to me. Just say something. I know you're out there listening. I see the download numbers that are going up and up and up every single week. And like I said, half of my, a little more than half of my listeners are from the United States. And the rest of you guys are everywhere else. So I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think. So with that, going to end things here. I hope you have a great day i hope you have a great rest of the week train hard stay safe out there and until next time kofefe open gangnam style gangnam style open gangnam style gangnam style open gangnam style
Do you think people should be concerned um, that the president posted somewhat of an incoherent tweet last night and that it then stayed up for hours? Uh, no. Why did it stay up so long? Is, is no one watching this? No, I, I think the, the, uh, the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant.